Hey y'all, welcome to Grab Your Stuff Podcast. This is your safe space for authentic conversations on all things healing, wholeness, and relationships. I am your host, Vernique Esther, licensed master social worker, healthy relationship champion, wholeness coach, author, and speaker. The concept behind this particular podcast is all about making sure that you let go of the things that have held you up from moving into your best self, letting go of pity, fear, letting go of um, disappointment, trauma, all those things, grabbing the things that you need and only the things that you need, only the things that belong to you so you can move forward into hope, into victory, into joy, into all of the things that you deserve because God has endowed you with purpose um, and created you with every good work in mind. So join me as we talk about various things from relationship problems to trauma. I may bring in some guests, some friends, and we're just going to journey on this together. Lots of transparency for myself, all in hopes that you would be set free and grab your stuff too. So grab your stuff. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Grab Your Stuff Podcast. I'm your girl, your hostess with the mostest, Vernique, probably your favorite therapist, at least I should be, your homegirl, your bestie, maybe not your bestie, but something like it. All right, welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to be here with you. Hopefully y'all caught episode one um, and I hope that you guys were excited and surprised that we went ahead and dropped and started back with season two. Um, I've missed you guys and this episode is going to be even better. Of course, we are in our Come Home to You series in conjunction with the Heal for Real Live conference that's happening June 2nd and 3rd in Atlanta, Georgia. I hope to see you there. You get a special discount code as a listener. It's GYS23. That's GYS23 for $15 off of your purchase off of your registration. So I would love to see you there. But as we're continuing in our series, last week we talked about um, home inspection. This week we are talking about declutter, declutter. So I'll get into that, but you know, we always start with, let me put you on, let me, let me put you on. Hey, let me put you on. Somebody is supposed to be sending me the actual like theme song for let me put you on i've been asking y'all since season one maybe i should have gotten that done but let me put you on today's let me put you on of course this is a segment where we talk about things that i'm into or that i'm intrigued by and i want you to try or maybe don't try because sometimes y'all just like to hate and that's cool too but it's something that i'm recommending for you and i want to i want to put you on to it so today i'm putting you on to and honestly somebody put me on to this and y'all might already be hip to it audible Yes, Audible, the app for books. First of all, this almost sounds like it's an ad. Audible, if you're listening, please make me a, a uh, influencer because I fell in love with Audible um, last year. So somebody recommended to me the book Will by Will Smith. And I was like, okay. And they said that um, if I listen to it on Audible, that it's his voice narrating it and it's like even better than just reading the book. So I was like, okay, bet. I don't always have time to read books the way that I want to. I used to be an avid book reader. By the time I went to high school, I had read over 100 plus books. And so books have been a big part of my life, but it's fallen off as I've gotten into adulthood. And so finally getting into Audible and getting an account, I got some free credits in the beginning. I listened to Will, y'all, and I was hooked. I think I listened to that whole book in the span of a weekend. And it's like 15 hours or something like that, probably more than that. It's so 
freaking good. You get to hear it from his voice. Not only that, I am obsessed with any sort of um, autobiography or anything like that. I love hearing people's stories or um, a narrative of like essays and things like that that people write from lessons in their lives. And since Will, I have listened to Viola Davis's book, uh, Michelle, uh, our, our first lady, forever first lady, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, I listened to, I'd already read, um, we're going to need something stronger by Gabrielle Union, but I listened on Audible to We're going to need more wine, so I read her books in in backwards order. Um and then like I think I'm about to start Jennifer Lewis's book. And so I recommend Audible for you, especially on long road trips. It's almost like listening to a podcast and obviously we love podcasts. And so that's my let me put you on. Let me know if you try it. Try out their free credits. Um, so listen, it is a monthly subscription after that. And baby, they do not play. Okay. They're going to take that money every single month, but I love it. And I love the fact that I get to listen to things that I otherwise may not have time to read. So that was the, let me put you on. Let me know if I put you on to this and we're going to go right into our episode today. So today's topic is declutter. And the reason why we're talking about this is again, in our come home to you series, we're talking about how a home an actual home connects with you being your own home and what that means. And so a process in our healing journey that you have to go through after you inspect the home and make sure that it's something that you're ready to move into. Now we have to declutter. Right. Whether you're about to move in somewhere or you're you're already at home and you're in the process of spring cleaning. Right. It's April going into May. So a lot of you are considering what's coming with you into summer and what's not. That declutter process is so important as it pertains to placing it in the realm of healing. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, growing up, I moved a lot for a lot of y'all who don't know part of my story. I grew up low income, by the way, as just a random aside, I used to say that I grew up poor. Right. Um, and after listening slash reading Viola Davis's book, baby, I've decided to go with low income. I mean, I was in some pretty horrible conditions, including like living in a homeless shelter and different things like that. But I never necessarily, unless my mom just hit it well for me question where my next meal was coming from never had to dump to dive nothing like that so low income i grew up low income um maybe in financially insecure is the word but honey y'all gotta listen to her book but anyways i grew up and i moved a lot um i went to over 15 different schools by the time i went to college so you know most kids are in school from preschool to 12th grade that's more than one school a year there were years where i bounced around one school the shortest time i spent at a school was a week um, in part because it was a school in Arizona for children who were experiencing homelessness and I was ahead of what they were learning and my mom didn't want me to continue to stay there, but it was still impactful to go there for a week and maybe some change, start to make friends and then have to move again. I've moved in the middle of school years. I've gone back and forth to the same school before. Um, and you know, I, I've learned to kind of forgive the circumstances, but I say all that to say, as we moved, my mom actually accumulated a lot of things. And once we finally purchased different homes and got to a place where we were a lot more stable, um, a lot of that stuff was with us. And so I remember having boxes that stayed in closets for months or boxes in the garage and, and then extra things like we had multiple like chairs in the living room and they didn't match and um my mom kept storage at other people's homes and it just became a lot and after a while i felt like my room was the only place that i could control as it pertained to how much stuff was in it and what it looked like 
And so as we moved again, um, my sophomore, no, junior year of high school, and I found myself again in this cluttered small space, one of the things that I vowed was that when I had my own space, it was going to be completely different. And so um, when I went on to college, I was very particular about my space. I was, I kept things very neat. I tried my best not to be messy. And um, I didn't keep too many things. I didn't accumulate a lot of things, especially because, you know, in college, you kind of got to move in and out throughout the years. By the way, shout out to Valdosta State University. Go Blazers. All right. Um, and we, you had to move out of your dorm every year unless you were in one of the other dorms. And then I got apartments and all that. But I say all that to say I made it my life's mission up until I bought this house to not have a lot of stuff. When you come to my house, you do not see boxes, at least not a ton of them. Um, and I, I started to create spaces where I got anxious if there were too many things around or out. I put things back all the time. And like there was a time where I felt like things were everywhere, like I was seeing them on the surface or I didn't know how to quite organize them. And so I brought in my good friend, Sharonica. I don't think she does home organization anymore, but she came in. Um, it's probably been over a year now, maybe two and she came in and put a system in my bathroom and, and we purged the whole house, right? We decluttered the entire house. And um, I have been able to keep it up since. Um, while I didn't have an issue with that before, I, everything has a place now. And that was the whole thing about the process that she brought me through to decluttering my home and making sure that I could expand into the house was this idea that everything has to have its place. And the things that don't have a place or that don't serve a purpose have to go, right? For those of y'all who are home org junkies, you know, you might know about the um, Marie Kondo, right? Like those things, like, does this bring you joy? And if it doesn't, then being willing to let it go. And so I had to have these conversations with myself of some of the things that I was holding on to. As much as I never wanted to become a hoarder, there were some things that I held on to out of fear that maybe I wouldn't be able to procure them again. Or what if I needed them in a moment and didn't have them, right? So oftentimes, the reason why we, we gain clutter is not so much because we like stuff, but we see stuff as a means of protection. And it guards us from this fear of the unknown of what if I can't get it? What if, what if when I need it the most, it's not there, but you haven't used it and I don't know how long. And I'm going to make that, I'm going to land this plane and, and really talk about it as it pertains to your healing journey. But I want you to just start thinking about all the ways that your physical space, but even your life are cluttered with things out of fear, out of, out of concern, out of, I mean, it's always been there, right? Out of formality or, or familiarity rather. Like you have to consider what is it in my life that is taking up space and doesn't have a place. And for the things that have to stay, for the things that do bring me joy, for the things that are meant to be here, that are purposeful, I need to create space for them. So I want to go into the actual definition of what declutter means, all right? So according to Google, it means to remove unnecessary items from an untidy or overcrowded space. Already, again, I want you to see if you are in a room with all of your stuff, right? This is Grab Your Stuff Podcast. If you were in a room with all of your stuff, people, places, experiences, memories, things, would you feel overcrowded or does everything have its own compartment and space to live in? If there are things that are unnecessary, this is a time, this is the conversation that I'm having with you to address it. Now, truth be told, decluttering isn't the whole thing. 
but it is the necessary first step and the foundation to you creating a life of relief and peace. It's the first step of relief when you start to move those things out of the way, right? I remember like getting things off of my counter in my kitchen and putting them into compartments. I felt like I could breathe again. Declutter is the first step to relief. And I'm reminded um, just to drive this point, point home of Matthew 12, 45, where Jesus is talking about how like you can kind of remove a demon from somebody, right? You, they can be delivered. And then the house, it's like a house that's nice and neat and clean. But then when that, when that spirit comes back by and notices that it's empty, it comes back and it brings friends. So the goal is not just to stop at decluttering, but you do have to declutter in order to put back, the, put back in the necessary things. All right, so that's the process that we're talking about. So in terms of your healing journey, what exactly is decluttering? Well, it's three steps that you have to take, three areas that you need to declutter. One, declutter people. Two, declutter your habits. Three, declutter your beliefs. Okay? Now, for one, when it comes to decluttering people, this is not about just, you know, cutting them off. You know, we all know about cut-off culture and your cut-off game being strong. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to acknowledge when a season is no longer present. When you are no longer in alignment with a person. Or when you have outgrown them, or maybe when they've outgrown you and you guys are or you guys are on different paths, right? It's you being honest about the people in your life and the purpose that they serve to where you ask yourself, why are we still connected? What is the purpose of this relationship and what type of fruit does it bear in my life and in theirs? A lot of us don't want to admit that some of our friendships are frivolous and fruitless. And I'm not saying that every relationship has to be serious and like you guys got to be, I don't know, doing ministry together or building businesses together, right? I hate that dating culture has now become this thing of like, how can we build together? How can we, you know, become these power cut? Like, no, <laughs> it's not every relationship doesn't need to be that. Sometimes you can just enjoy the person, but even that is fruit. The peace that comes from that relationship, the love, the, the laughs, the kindness, the moments shared, that is fruit. But if those laughs and those moments shared are toxic because they're shared under, you know, gossip or they're shared connected to, um, I don't know, not holding one another accountable, that's not the type of fruit that you want to bear. So you have to be honest about the people in your life, examine those relationships, see what kind of fruit, by the way, not what kind of fruit either that you guys bear together, but what about the fruit that it bears in you? Who are the people who they're great people, you love them, but when you're around them, you're not your best self. You act out of character. And some of that is you taking accountability for your behaviors, but I do believe that environments can, can produce certain things out of people. There are some people that I know, like, you know what? I'm more prone to cussing when I'm with you. I'm more prone to, you know, certain behaviors and maybe gossiping or whatever when I'm around you. And so I got to be mindful of that. And I either have to adjust the relationship or that relationship is just not in alignment with me and what God has for me. And part two, decluttering your habits. You have to be willing to observe yourself. For a lot of my clients, especially for those who have been through um, Heal For Real, the program, one of the first things we do is have like observation days. We do a trauma tracker where you like get hyper self-aware in a compassionate and a kind way, but you're really asking yourself the question of why do I do the things that I do? 
man, I notice that every day that I wake up, I scroll on my phone or I notice that, you know, when I get to work automatically, my posture shifts and things like that. I, you decluttering your habits is observing yourself and seeing what decisions do you make on a consistent basis and to consider what direction are those decisions and those habits taking you in. I've read a little bit of Atomic Habits and the first chapter alone is a masterclass on how to live and mindset and all those things. And one of the things that I take from that book that is so powerful to me is this idea of the 1%. And it talks about how a plane coming from California heading to uh, DC has a particular track. But if the nose of the plane is shifted just 1% over, that plane could go from heading to DC to heading to New York. Those are two different locations. Are they totally far apart? No. Within a car, it's maybe a two hour drive, but it's not the destination that was assigned to that plane. And so I want you to consider what is, what are the 1% decisions that you're making that's changing the course of your life? How are you going to declutter those decisions? You need to look at them. You need to pick them apart a little bit and get rid of what doesn't need, what, what, what you're no longer in alignment with and what's not necessary and make sure that you are opting into the decisions and to the considerations that are actually going to move your life in the direction that it's supposed to go. And then number three, which really should be number one, but you're going to declutter your beliefs. This whole process of coming home to yourself is about you addressing the beliefs that you've allowed to run rampant without you without your supervision, the things that are driving your life. And we're going to sit here for a little bit because it's so important. But we talk a lot about mindset, especially on social media. It's almost become like this little buzzword and this non-word after a while, right? Mindset. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, I get it. But what we're really saying when we talk about why it's important for you to address that mindset, right? When people talk about talk about that, what they're really saying is that your beliefs determine everything about your life. I want you to sit in that reality. Your beliefs determine everything about your life. In Proverbs, you know, the word talks about how as a man thinketh, so is he. What you think and what you believe creates your reality. The life that you live right now is a manifestation of your beliefs. Whether it's beliefs that you borrowed, that you bought into, or that were implanted in you before you even had the choice to believe or not believe. Those things are the manifestation of the life that you have now. So when you look around you, whose life are you living? Is it yours? Is it God's? Is it your mama's? Is it your cousin's? Is it all the naysayers and the people who said that you couldn't do it, that you're trying to prove something to? Whose life are you living? Now, we're going to declutter our beliefs by doing four key things. One, I want you to decide what you want to believe. What do you want to believe? We're going to identify those things. Do you want to believe that you can be a, and I hate that I'm about to say it, but this is what came to mind. Um, do you want to believe that you're going to be a multimillionaire? Do you want to believe that you are going to have a loving and healthy marriage that leaves a legacy of love for your children? Do you want to believe that you are financially and emotionally stable? Do you want to believe that the mental illness stops with you? Do you want to believe that generational trauma stops with you? If that's what you want to believe, I want you to get clear on what the new belief is that you want to believe. Then I want you to, die to identify the competing belief, which is really the narrative. 
For those of you who work with me, you understand that I've talked about story versus narrative. Story is what happened. Narrative is how the story has impacted your life. And then your trauma language, you know, as a little bonus, is how that narrative manifests. <clears throat> but in order to know, in order to, to trade in what you believe for what you want to believe, you have to actually identify what that old belief is. What has my trauma taught me about life? What has it changed my mind about? And the next thing we're going to do is trace back the story that that belief, that narrative came from, right? So if your narrative, if your belief is that you're not worthy of love, then we need to trace that back to its origin story, which we'll talk about shortly. But the process of tracing is you literally sitting with yourself and saying, when was the most significant time that I felt unworthy of love? Who taught me that I was worthy of love? Where you start to kind of, um, I call it emotional time travel, back to the place where these feelings existed and became real for you, became the belief for you. And then once you identify that, you confront the origin story. Meaning you look at, okay, well, if my mom made, said that over and over again, or if people I dated in the past made me feel that way, I want you to confront it. I want you to look at it in the face and say, you know what? Those things did happen. Go through the story. I actually tell my clients to write out the story because most of the times you know it and you feel like you know what happened, but how often do we sit in the reality of the stories and the experiences that we have had? So you're going to confront the origin story and by you doing that, it loses its power and you now have the ability to plant new beliefs, to change your mind, to change your mind about what you want new to be true. So when you do this work, then and only then are you ready for our next episode, which will be on housekeeping or deep cleaning, right? So first you got to declutter, then we deep clean so that way we have the cleanliness and the um, space to put in what needs to come in next. I hope that this was helpful to you. So now we want to talk about Oh, sorry, that was dumb. Um, after I said that whole pour back into you, whatever I said. So what are we grabbing? Well, ultimately, we're grabbing courage. Courage to confront, courage to let go, courage to be okay with allowing things to walk away and to leave or for us walking away for the things that are not able to evolve with us. I want you to grab courage to confront your own story and your beliefs that created those narratives. And I want you to grab audacity to believe a new belief, to change your mind about something, to decide that you're worthy of peace, to decide that you don't have to be everyone's superhero, to decide that you are worthy of the life that God has called you to and not one of suffering and brokenness. I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope it blessed you. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts. So make sure you comment, leave reviews. So that way I can see where you're going and how you're feeling about these episodes. And also feel free to DM me. Okay. Now we're on to our next session. Questions and confessions. Questions and confessions. Okay. So today's questions and confession comes from a, a Facebook group. All right. It says, am I the a-hole? My boyfriend's dog has been nothing but trouble since my boyfriend moved in. He has, 
he has resource guarding issues and growls at my dogs. A month ago, I got a puppy after my service dog passed away. Anytime my puppy walks by, the new dog growls at him. I recently came back from a trip with my puppy and his growling has gotten much worse. His dog is now growling at me. I've had enough and told my boyfriend either his dog goes or the relationship is over. My boyfriend is now upset that I've made the, this decision and have an appointment to surrender his dog set up for Tuesday and I will not cancel it unless 24 hours go by that his dog doesn't growl at me or any of my dogs. It's my home so I don't have to pack up and leave. Honey, <clears throat> here's the tea. So first of all, um, I feel like certain people have a real obsession with with animals and so mm, if I have a good man dog gotta go but I also like I'm not a pet person so I'm not gonna speak to this as a pet person I will speak to this from the relational aspect <clears throat> and my thoughts are this if you're going to give somebody a choice give them a choice you can't tell them that you know hey it's either me which ultimatums are never good but if you're going to say, hey, I don't feel safe in our home, in my home, with your dog growling at us, like, let's have a conversation and allow the person to make a decision. That's one. But the other thing is, if you are going to issue an ultimatum, say it's either me or the dog, you don't choose for them. It's fine. No worries. I choose me. <laughs> That's not how that works. All right. Allow them to process and make the best decision possible. But the other thing is, at the end, she says, or he, I don't know who this is. It was anonymous. It's my home, so I don't have to pack up and leave. I feel you, but if you're allowing somebody to share space with you and that's your partner, in my mind, that means that it's our home, right? Right? If I'm sharing space with someone, <coughs> excuse me, if I'm sharing space with somebody and they're here with me, it's not all of a sudden, oh, it's my, I mean, it is my home ultimately, but when it comes to any issue, like I'm addressing it as our home. So this idea that like I can get rid of your dog because it's my home and I feel uncomfortable is telling a little bit more about the relationship <coughs> and possibly the character of the person. So I don't know. I, it's not giving that you care about your boyfriend's feelings, desires, etc. I would recommend that y'all sit down, have a conversation and actually talk through what needs to happen as opposed to you issuing an ultimatum and then making the decision for him. But those are my thoughts. And of course, I want to remind you all to come to Heal For Real Live, which is the ultimate experience for high-achieving Christian women who desire to come home to themselves and be at peace with who God created them to be, to put down their capes and to walk into the fullness of who they are with no pressure and no brokenness. We're going to be addressing your trauma. You're going to learn how to change your attachment style, build better boundaries. You're going to have a somatic experience with me as if you were in a therapy session. And most of all, you get to build community with other amazing women who are on the same healing journey as you. I hope that you come. I am curating this experience just for you. And you get $15 off by being a listener using code GYS23 for $15 off. I hope to see you there. It's going to be absolutely amazing. June 2nd and 3rd in Atlanta, Georgia at SMB Studios. By the way, sorry, just as an aside, somebody donated an entire building for this. Literally gave me a building. And so the favor of God is on this event and I cannot wait to share it with you. You will heal for real. Live. I'll see you there. My sign off for today is an elephant never forgets, but a giraffe never remembers to duck when the door closed. Choose who you want to be.
I love you guys. As always, grab your stuff. Let's go.